All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today I have Eric on the show. Welcome, Eric. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm <laughs> nice. happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> so nice of you to take your time and talk to me about your travels. That's <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> so, Eric, tell us a little bit about you. Where did you grow up? What did you go to school for? What did you? What kind of job you worked in? I want to know everything. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I grew up in a very small town in Connecticut with literally more cows than people. <laughs> and uh, when I was 23, I moved to Colorado for uh, for university. And then I was wow, an you, you spent that much time in Connecticut yep. till 23. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. After yeah. color uh, after that, you went to Colorado. Yep. And then I was there for three years, finishing out my undergraduate degree and uh, in what? In English, creative uh -huh. writing. Uh huh. And uh, then I found myself bouncing at a gentleman's club in Boulder. Uh huh. And I've been doing that for the last three years and. Now I'm out here having more fun than I ever could have imagined. <laughs> so now you're 26. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, so yeah, we talked a little bit before and um, tell me more about your last job you had at a gentleman's club. Like what kind of people did you meet and sort of like that relationship you had. And yeah, just tell us a little bit about that. Oh, I don't even know where to begin. It was definitely the most interesting job that I've ever had yeah um, it I never would have envisioned myself working in a strip club and I was <laughs> hammered yeah. when I applied for the job yeah uh, how, how come that you applied for that so me and one of my buddies were just out drinking at the bars and we ended up at a strip club as things happen yeah. and uh, one of the guys working the door at the time reminded me of somebody that I served with in the army and I really liked him and we hit it off immediately. We had a lot of really good conversations on my way in and um, yeah, then I went inside and I was just hanging out in the club, having some drinks. Then I saw that he was downstairs again, so I went back and I talked to him and uh, I had been working at a, at a restaurant called Zoe's Kitchen cooking there. Oh, and okay. I had just left it because I wasn't very happy. Yeah. And I ended up asking if they were looking for more security and they were and I filled out a job application and uh, I got a call from the owner of the club a few days later and he's like, hey, you know, you made quite an impression on my door staff. You know, they told me you're interested in a job. Why don't you come in for an interview? Yeah. And at first I was so uncomfortable. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> I'm sober now. Yeah. I yeah, true. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to work in a in a strip club and I had never worked security for yeah. anything. And uh, just something inside me was just like, you know, go talk to him. Uh -huh. you know, turn the job down in person, but he's interested. Like, I feel like it would be rude to just have gone through that and have them go through the process and show interest and then just turn the job down yeah. on the phone. And just, yeah. I had a feeling that I needed to go in and I went in for my interview and I sat down with the owner and he was not like you would expect a strip club owner to be. He was very professional. He was <laughs> okay. dressed in a fine suit. Yeah. And after a while, we just stopped talking about business. It stopped yeah. being an interview. And we just started chatting like as friends. Yeah. And I had a really good feeling about it. I was like, you know, I think I'm going to give this a shot. Yeah. And then I started. And honestly, it was such an incredible experience. Yeah. Weird. A lot of times, very stressful, uh -huh. but still very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how do I explain? what working in a strip club is like <laughs> because 
So as, as a bouncer, there's a negative stereotype in America that you're just there to fuck people up. Yeah. You're just going to drag them out the door and you're going to fight them all the time. And yeah. that's, that's not the case no. at Nitro. We operated under the philosophy that if we have to put our hands on a customer, mm-hmm. it is, it's a loss on our part. There's yeah. something that we could have done better to de-escalate yeah. the situation. Yeah. There's always a peaceful resolution. Uh-huh. And I liked that. I liked yeah. that a lot. That's, that's amazing. And... Um, yeah, it was. It it taught me patience. Yeah. Biggest, like mm-hmm. the biggest thing. Just like you've got people at their worst. You know, you've got you've got guys that have liquored up. There are naked women dancing around. You've got music bumping. Yeah. Oh my and god. Just like, I can only imagine. Yeah. It sounds like some. It sounds kind of like a hell of a time. But at the same time, as you just explained, it can be very violent. Yeah, and, absolutely. And yeah. like, it wasn't violent all the time a lot of yeah. times we were able to just talk people out the door and yeah. most nights we just didn't have any problems everything mm-hmm. ran smoothly mm-hmm. but um other times you know you'd get customers that are drunk and then just trying to show off for the dancers and mm-hmm. just like they're they may be looking for a fight and you do mm-hmm. everything that you can to get them out the door peacefully you know hey man i gotta ask you to leave like it's nothing personal yeah. but like we just can't have you tonight come yeah. back tomorrow night we'd love to have you i'll buy your I'll, I'll pay your cover I'll buy you a drink like oh really just gotta, you were yeah. allowed to say that yeah wow. any anything that we can do to get somebody out the door peacefully like oh, we would try it you amazing. know yeah and just like you develop different skills in handling people uh-huh. and you learn how to just just de-escalate situations uh-huh. and that's something that I've been able to use in my personal life yeah and it's it's been great yeah but a lot of times it's just very very stressful yeah and a strip club is just such a negative environment mm-hmm. as it is the customers come in because they're lonely yeah you know and they're not they may not even be looking for a sexual thrill they're really just there to talk to somebody yeah. and make a connection yeah. and they're so lonely and they feel so isolated that they're willing to pay for it yeah even if it's totally fake okay and, so uh, do you think people come in to like kind of like they think they find their dream woman in a stripper or something like that or maybe sometimes yeah. but really they just want maybe some affection and just somebody to talk to okay you know like strippers kind of are naked therapists uh-huh. in a lot of ways okay you know we had a vip room and um yeah i would go back there and i would check on dancers and they yeah. would just have their clothes on and they'd have their feet up on the customer's lap and they'd just be talking for 15 oh, minutes a wow. half hour an hour and it was like that would be the time and the customer would spend like 250 dollars or uh-huh. like 600 dollars depending on the time that they yeah. had back there yeah. and they would just spend it talking and that makes me sad yeah because you shouldn't have to pay no. to be able to talk to somebody exactly. and connect with somebody yeah. you know it, yeah. it should be easier than that um i pay you later right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so tell me a little bit more about your working hours there how did you work and did you have to work out to do that job um, so there was no real like training that we needed to have uh, to be security there. Yeah. We really just had to be big and level-headed and have thick skin. You know, yeah. you not get riled up when somebody starts insulting you or gets angry at you. Mm-hmm. And um, the club would open at seven and it would close at two a.m. seven yeah. p.m. Yeah. And um, we would come in at different times. So uh-huh. the opener would be there at the club when the club opened at seven p.m. Yeah. Then depending on the night. Um, they'd be the next guy would be in at eight or nine mm-hmm. and then 10 and then sometimes 11 so um nights that you open are very boring because the club doesn't really get busy until like 11 ish 12. oh yeah i believe Dep- it who wants to go to a strip club at 7 p.m though who wants to go to the strip club in general 
<laughs> Good question. Well, I've never been to one, but I think it's kind of like it's an experience you should do. I kind of like feel like, you know, but what about girls? Did you have any female customers there? Yeah, we had um, quite a few female customers, yeah. actually. I would say that our customer base was split 70% men and 30% women. Wow. And they would come in alone or with their friends or uh -huh. they'd be with their boyfriend, which is something I would never encourage So you had male dancers there as well? No, no. just female dancers. Oh, okay. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, and um, yeah, people are always surprised when I tell them just how many female customers would come in. Yeah. And just like, a lot of times with the females, they'd come in just to like admire the dancers for like, their their dancing skills and like as erotic entertainment rather yeah. than just like purely sexualizing them yeah you know and yeah it's interesting it's, it's the most interesting job that i've had yeah but i believe it the opening shifts were the worst because you just Stand hang around. around and when it's super slow and there's nothing going on the dancers complain about everything and mm -hmm. they're just like why aren't we making money it's like chill it's 8 30 yeah like yeah. there's nobody here yeah because it's 8 30 p.m yeah, like but if here. you wait time doesn't go by you know nope. Nope. and it's worse if you complain yeah. about it and yeah I, I don't like it when yeah. people complain yeah that's and true it's just like so the time would go by slowly but i uh i actually did quite a bit of reading at work uh-huh and just when it's slow, we were allowed to be on our phones as long as we weren't on the oh, floor watching okay. the dancers or, yeah. or counting dances. So like, I would crush books at work and I got nice. a lot of writing done. Wow. Yeah, so. That's so cool that you didn't just waste your time in like stupid games on your phone or something like yeah. that. You actually did something very useful to you because mm -hmm. reading is something, it just, yeah. You know, you get so much more educated and you dive, you dig, uh, deep into different thoughts and yeah, you, of other people and you get inspired and yeah you told me you want to write your own book yeah i i am working on yeah. my own book and when it, did that idea come into your mind um i had the idea probably two years ago uh -huh. i was still at university so i was going to change my major into film production and get into that and the idea when I originally had it, I was going to write it as a screenplay yeah. and I was going to film it myself in Colorado with people that I knew. And uh, then I just sat on the idea for a while. I wrote it down and I knew the major plot points that I wanted to yeah. uh, to, to, uh, to include, but uh, I never did anything with it. But then I ended up staying as an English major because I was going to have to spend like a year and a half extra at university. And by that point, I was so done with school, man. Oh, yeah, I believe school. it. And, yeah. Uh, so then I was in um, a writing course for my English major and uh, I was sitting down trying to think of what I wanted to write a story about because mm -hmm. I had a workshop coming up and I was just like, wait a second, you already have an idea that like you're really invested in, like why not just start writing it? Nice. And then I wrote like the first chapter uh -huh. and I was like, okay. I like this. Yeah. I like I like where this is going so far. Yeah. I'm going to keep using this. Yeah. So I just kept working on that piece for um, different writing classes uh -huh. that I was in and just kept expanding it and going further and developing it. Nice. And yeah, now it's just it's just fun to write. And I don't know if it's ever going to get finished or if it's ever going to come to anything, but yeah. it's just fun to do. Yeah. You know, it's just like it's interesting to just like develop this world uh -huh. in this story yeah the way that i want it to be yeah and I yeah think that's, that's rad. true yeah that's pretty sick man so you kind of play god with yeah. your characters yeah cool and like i've i've found that i'm like emotionally invested in my uh -huh. scenes like it um 
it can, the the story itself can get kind of violent because it's it's, it's modeled after my own experiences uh-huh. at Nitro. So it takes place in like the Boulder, Colorado, Denver, Colorado underground yeah. life, and the uh, and it it can get kind of violent. And mm-hmm. I've I've written a couple of scenes for it that like made me really uncomfortable, mm-hmm. like getting into the aggressor's head mm-hmm. and then getting into the victim's head mm-hmm. and trying to to figure out what they would be feeling, how they'd be feeling in that situation with those actions being taken against them. And just like, I never would have expected that when I sat down and wrote the first chapter. Wow. Get so much emotion with it. Yeah, and it's, like I said, I'm just so connected with it. And it's it's cathartic in its own way to just be able to write about my own experiences because yeah. I abhor violence. I'm not a violent guy. There's yeah. always something that can be done to prevent violence. And yeah. just like to be able to get back into that mindset and use my experiences to, to as in, inspiration yeah. for what I'm writing is just, it's not meditative, but uh-huh. just like, it's a good way to get emotion out yeah. Yeah. and just leave it on the page. And yeah. you know, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting to me at least. Yeah, Eric, so um, do you think with your book, traveling has inspired you to continue on your book even more? Like, did you get through the travels um, much more ideas about what your book could be actually about? Uh, Did you have situations where you were like, whoa, I totally felt that way, I will try to write that down into my book? Yeah, I have never done as much writing that I have in this past m- almost month that yeah. I've been traveling yeah. and uh like the other day on the beach or yesterday at the yeah. beach <laughs> just like an idea popped into my head for just something that I wanted to do yeah. with uh one of my scenes one of my chapters I was like I have to write this down you know yeah. just like you um I find myself in quiet moments of reflection like having different memories and different emotions coming back yeah. to the surface and I'm like oh I remember that I didn't like that mm-hmm. so how can I how can I, you know, deal with this yeah. and be productive with it? Yeah. It's like, well, can I use this? Yeah. And then I write it down and, you know, sometimes it's usable, other times it's not, but yeah. it just feels good to be able to put your emotions onto a page and just yeah. like yeah. almost catalog your yeah. experiences yeah. in such a unique working environment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like most people will never step foot into a strip club. No. Let alone yeah. work in one. Yeah. And like, it's just so difficult to explain that kind of environment yeah exactly you know so i want to talk a little bit uh, more about your travels and why you left your job um so did you feel happy did you feel unhappy what got you into traveling how did that come i mean you're 26 now mm-hmm. how did you get into that um you know i don't quite know um because think, you said you never really left the country before. No, I'd been on a snowboarding trip to Montreal with my buddy uh-huh. a few years ago, yeah. and I've been to uh, Cabo San Lucas in Mexico. Yeah. And then I had an aunt that lived in England, yeah. and we visited her when I was two. Yeah. But other than that, I haven't really traveled outside the country, and I grew up going on two-week-long camping adventures with my parents. Yeah. So we just put our pop-up camper on the back yeah. of the van, and they would just drive us to some place in the country. So I've been to 42 states. Uh-huh and that's that's a lot though it is a lot and i've seen so many incredible things in my own nation yeah and just like i've always loved to travel a bit and then Mm -hmm. i uh i needed a vacation last year 
and I was like, you know, I don't know where I'm going to go. And then I decided that I was going to go to San Diego. Uh -huh. And uh, originally I was going to stay in an Airbnb. Uh -huh. And uh, I was talking to my boss who was like, dude, stay in a hostel. <laughs> and I ended up doing it and I fell in love with that. I met yeah. so many incredible people. Yeah. I had so much more fun than I ever could have imagined. And you just went for a weekend, you said? I was just there for four days. Wow. And just... So in such a short time, you met so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just like, I have to do this more. And yeah. uh, I was, you know, just working and I didn't have a real plan for what I was going to do uh -huh. after I graduated. I figured I was just going to move to Los Angeles and try my hand at being a screenwriter. And it was just like, it was kind of a half-assed plan. It never really yeah. made me happy, but yeah. it was something that I could work for or uh -huh. work towards. And then I, uh, I met this couple in San Diego who... Uh, who had been to Southeast Asia and I was talking to them about their adventures mm -hmm. and then I can't even really pinpoint exactly where I started thinking about traveling around Southeast Asia let mm -hmm. alone for a year mm -hmm. but it just it either happened all at once or the idea slowly formed and then the more I thought about it the more interested I got mm -hmm. into it and um, then it was just concrete it's yeah. something like the light switch came on it's like it was a feeling that I had yeah. at that point. It was like, you need to go here. This is where you need to be. Just yeah. like it was a feeling that I had deep inside me to move to Colorado, to have the job at the club, mm -hmm. to go to Southeast yeah. Asia. And then that was two years ago. And from that point, I was just like, all right, I'm just going to save money. Yeah. And I'm going to work as often as I can. I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to finish my degree. Yeah. And then I'm going to go to Southeast Asia and I'm just going to travel around for yeah. a year. And yeah. then maybe Australia maybe South America, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just gonna go where the road takes me. Yeah, And I nice. like that. Yeah, And it. uh, it's been just so incredible yeah. so far. So you've been here for four weeks, you said? Yep, just what over. What did you discover? Who did you meet? What was your highlights? Um, oh God, that's a difficult question. <laughs> I think at this point, everything's been a highlight, but if I have to, <laughs> if I have to choose, I spent a week in Perhension Islands yeah. and I, did uh, my open water diving certificate and uh, also my advanced diving uh -huh. and I fell in love with it. It was a, it was a paradise there. Yeah. And uh, I ended up meeting a traveler in my third day <clears throat> in Kuala Lumpur. I was about to leave and go to Cameron Highlands myself and uh, I met her. I was just like, oh, I gotta get to know her a little bit more. Uh -huh. And then uh, I canceled my hostel uh -huh. for the next day. and. Uh, we ended up traveling for a couple of weeks and together the two of you yeah it was a girl. really cool yeah so was there any feelings yeah <laughs> do you yeah. miss her yeah i believe it yeah 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 she's in myanmar right now oh okay yeah but you we think had... you will see her again yeah nice yeah some people you meet on the road you just know that it's not goodbye it's yeah. i'll see you later yeah and uh we're planning on meeting back up together and i find myself very excited to <laughs> Amazing. I may or may not be counting down the days, but yeah. don't tell her that. Yeah. Yeah. If she doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's going to be a very popular podcast. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. No. I'm flattered to be on your show. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <coughs> no, but you know, it's just, it's so crazy. I never would have expected to meet somebody so early in my trip and then just like end up traveling with them yeah. and just like. I came out here to be a solo traveler yeah. and then I just started traveling with the same people for a few weeks yeah. and we, we uh, took a couple of people from, from KL up to Cameron Highlands. They ended up hitchhiking. We took the bus 
And because then, the hitchhiking didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, their hitchhiking worked perfectly. Yeah, yeah. My hitchhiking did not. I fell okay. flat on my well, face, so to speak. Why do you think so? Because you're like quite a tall guy. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think it came down to location. We okay. were like right off the highway in Penang. Yeah. And it wasn't a great location. And then we moved to a gas station yeah. and tried to, uh, to get people to pick us up. So yeah, you tried to get people to pick you up? Yeah, we, I, uh, I hand drew a sign for Kuala Perlis where we were going to take the ferry over to Lake Howie. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, I think our locations were just terrible because we were at this gas station in like, the middle of the city. Were you still traveling with that girl though? No, she had, no. She had uh, already left okay. to Myanmar. Uh -huh. So it was just me and Yannick. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I know Yannick. Yeah. <laughs> He's a fun dude. He He's is. also German. Yeah. You a meet lot, a lot of Germans a here. A lot of Germans, a <laughs> lot of Dutch out here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just on a whim, we decided that we were going to try to hitchhike uh -huh. to Kuala Perlis to take the uh, the ferry. And after a couple of hours, we were like, okay, we should just take the train and yeah. get on the ferry. Yeah. So we got to Kuala Perlis and they were out of tickets for the last ferry. So we ended up having to get a really, really shitty <laughs> motel room, man. It was so gross. I laid my my, my uh, beach towel out on the sheets because there was no way that I was going to sleep on it. Yeah. <laughs> No way! <laughs> no. And like, we walked around. How, how much did you pay for the room? Uh, 60 ringgit. Really? Yeah. Each of you? No. Oh, together. Total, so oh, 30 Alright, it's a hostel price. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, <laughs> but still. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, I believe it. And, and air conditioning? Yes, but it took a very long time for it, it to works. start working. Okay. Yeah, so like, we had to, we turned it on and uh, waited like five minutes for it to start like blowing air. It's like, okay, this is gonna take a while. Let's go get some food. Yeah. And there was like one local cafe open uh -huh. and it looked really sketchy. I was like, really? I don't know if I should eat there. Yeah. It just, you know, it didn't look great, uh -huh. but there was a KFC right next door. So, I was like, <laughs> so you did it the American way. Yep. I was like, I feel more comfortable with a KFC. <laughs> Than food that but was out I wonder, in Mormon there trays. was nothing to do in that place, but they have KFC. There was nothing to do in that place. Like, and they have KFC, I don't get it. I don't understand it either. I There are a lot of things about Southeast Asia that I don't quite understand <laughs> after four weeks on the road. Yeah. But they had a KFC and it was right. I think it's because it's such a, uh, a, a jumping off point for tourists. Mm -hmm. Like you just get, it was right across the street from where the ferry is. Yeah. So like, oh, all right. yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, they think like, okay, we have a little bit of tourism. We have to get something Western here. Exactly. Okay. So yeah, you had food and then you had a horrible night, I guess. Yeah, there was nothing. You yeah. couldn't buy any liquor or beer. Yeah. So we just like went back to <gasps> really? our- Really? Yeah, nothing. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so Staying we just- Staying on the dry. Yeah. Yeah, we just stayed in the room and watched Archer on my oh tablet my goodness. for a few hours until we went to bed. Yeah. And we caught the ferry the next day. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny now, but we I was Yeah, was so exactly. It's always that like day. that. You you go for something so bad and but yeah. it's the best story somehow, yeah. you know. We were both super hangry yeah. and uh, I just looked at him and was like, in two days this is gonna be funny, but right now I'm just pissed off, man. <laughs> Because like, it had been such a long day. Travel days in and of themselves yeah. are always long yeah, days. And exactly. then it had been so disappointing because at the beginning of the day, we were so jazzed yeah. to hitchhike. Yeah. And I've heard so many good things about yeah, people Yeah, they always take you. Yeah, buddy I met in KL has hitchhiked literally all around Southeast Asia. No and has way. so much good luck. Really? Oh, yeah. He was chilling at a gas station outside KL for like 
five minutes before the first person picked him and my wow. other buddy up. Yeah, they just got into the back of this guy's pickup truck and we're just bumping tunes on a little JBL speaker and just Amazing. having a great time. And I was looking forward to that experience, but yep. Didn't happen. Nobody wanted to pick me up. Didn't happen. Nope. But maybe it will. Maybe it will. Keep I'm on not, trying. I'm not ready to give up on it. Yeah. I'm going to hitchhike successfully. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. Just not today. Or the other day. <laughs> so from there you went to Langkawi. Yep. Where we are right now at the beach. If mm -hmm. you can hear the water, like the sea. Tanjung Ro <sighs> Beach. Ah, it's a paradise that's the out name. here. Yeah, it, it is. Like, mm -hmm. I really love this island. I find that the more time I spend on this island, the more I fall in love with it, and it's yeah. getting increasingly hard to leave. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I say that I'm leaving tomorrow, but I might extend another day. No! <laughs> but I do have oh, to be, awesome. I, I'm starting to get like close to my timetable because I have to be in Krabi on the 16th. Yeah. And uh, I want to visit Trung a little yeah. bit in Thailand before I go and just like, ooh, ooh. it's getting close, Just man. see how you feel. Exactly. Like you said today, um, there's always a reason why things happen. Exactly. And yeah. So, I'm a go with the flow kind of guy. Exactly. And just like, I could not relax in America and just, yeah. I owe it to myself to just relax and be yeah. easy breezy out here, yeah. man, you know? Tell us a little bit more about what it, what makes you feel alive and how much more you have felt alive leaving and how your life in the US was compared to how it is now. Okay, I am a very social person. I yeah. love people, I love interacting with people. Ever since I was a kid, I have just always wanted to be everybody's friend. Just yeah. like, let's do something, Aww. man. Let's, let's just hang out, let's have some yeah. fun. Like, doesn't matter what we're doing. Yeah. Let's just have a good fucking time yeah. doing it and yeah. just like make some memories. And uh, that's not how I've been living in America the last few years, the last decade, yeah. you know, it's, you change along the way and then you... Did, did you have a lot of friends back home? I've always kept my my friend circle very close, very yeah. small. Yeah. Like I'll have, I have like four or five very, very, good very, friends. very Same close friends. Yeah, back you know, home. one mm. of them I've known for 20 years. <laughs> I love you too, guys. If you ever check out this podcast. Nice. <laughs> know Little message you some back love home. From Southeast Asia, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've always had my close-knit friend yeah. and then just like... I like people around me and yeah. just like being out here and being in so many different cities and locations and environments with so many people from so many different walks of life mm -hmm. has just been so incredible, yeah. man. Yeah, like, the stories the, and everything. Yeah, just yeah. like the, everybody has a story yeah. and, and it's always so unique. Yeah. And as travelers, we're all bound by a common interest in just like getting out of our comfort zones yeah. and seeing the world and diving into the local culture. Mm -hmm and just like you meet people for a day or two but you feel like you've known them for a lifetime oh yeah and it's incredible i can totally relate to that yeah and yeah. i i live for that shit yeah. now man like yeah. i want to meet as many people as i can and just like stay connected with people because like nice. it's just cool man yeah, you it know is. it's yeah. like we're all humans man yeah. we can all have fun the sun rises for everybody yeah man. <laughs> yeah you know? that's so true yeah yeah so, by the like, way we did a sunrise tour this morning we did it seems yeah. like so long ago. <laughs> Yeah. And it feels like a whole day because we slept like three hours last night. Yeah. So I'm still in the day yesterday. It, <coughs> it feels like this day has never stopped from yesterday on. <laughs> I feel like I'm a day ahead of myself because I keep yeah. saying the other day at the beach when it was just literally yesterday, yeah. not even 24 yeah. hours ago. But we woke up, went on this awesome sunrise yeah. tour on some very dodgy roads that made me very nervous. 
because they were wet and slippery and bumpy. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh my yeah. god. Oh yeah, you you started riding the motorbike here in Southeast Asia. Yep. So for four weeks you've been riding, but I've been driving on your back and I've been pretty impressed. Like I'm like, wow, this guy is doing his this his whole life, you know. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm glad you feel safe. Yeah, I I really do. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's been so much fun and i've had a motorbike out here for the last four days yeah so like i put like almost 300 kilometers on it oh really <laughs> yeah. my goodness yeah i've looked at my polar steps recently yeah. and just like i'm just all over the it's zigzags all over the <laughs> island but <laughs> like, you can't even see the island anymore it's just whited out by yeah. the travel lines yeah. but it's been just so incredible but like just people and just shared mm. experiences and like going out to the beach for drinks yeah or just like going and seeing and sightseeing going on tours during yeah. the day and just like connecting with people that you may never have connected in like a yeah. normal life quote unquote yeah. and just like that's what revs my engine man yeah. you know i so live for true. that shit and yeah. just like in america i was just so closed off and just like just so worn down because yeah. i was in class every day from like 9 30 or 10 to like 3 p.m yeah and then i was at the club five nights a week yeah and just like sometimes i'd be there at seven other times i'd be there at 10 but mm -hmm. it was exhausting so on my down days i would just smoke a bunch of weed and just like hang out mm -hmm. watch netflix maybe i'd hang out with my buddies maybe not depending on like if our schedules synced mm -hmm. up which they rarely did because mm -hmm. i was on the night shift and i was mm -hmm. going to bed at like yeah. 7 a.m yeah so like I was so focused on getting to Southeast Asia mm. and grinding so hard that yeah. I was just like, yeah, just work as hard as you have yeah. to now. Yeah. You will have all the fun that you could ever have yeah. in Southeast Asia. You just got to get there, yeah. you know, and just like. So for two years, you saved up all the money. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I just nice. worked my ass off yeah. and I hate school. And I, <laughs> three times my last semester, I, uh, I almost just up and left. Uh -huh. Like I was this close yeah. to uh, to buying a one-way ticket, but you're not like, a quitter. No, no, I you went through it. Yeah, yeah. yeah was, but I'm you're so glad, glad you have the degree now. I'm glad that I yeah. finished because yeah. you know I started when I was I was 18 and yeah. then I joined the army yeah. and then at 26 I finally, finally fucking graduated, yeah. man. And nice. it's like it feels good to have done it and gotten it over with. Nice. And like now I can just enjoy life. Exactly. Yeah, life yeah. has never been better. Right. It, I couldn't have imagined being this happy out here. I've, I don't think I've ever been as happy as I am wow. on the road out here. Yeah. And just like meeting new people yeah. and just chilling on this gorgeous fucking beach. Man. Yeah. Like it's incredible. It you know? is. It truly is. Yeah. It's, and I want to talk a little bit more about stereotypes and the kind of vibes you get from home for mm -hmm. leaving. So when you told your friends, your family that you want to do that, what was their reaction? Um, when I first started talking about it, I don't think people really took me very seriously. Oh, really? It, yeah, I feel like they just thought that it was like, oh, yeah, it's just one of his big ideas for his yeah. life. You know, he may, he's probably not going to go through with it. And then just like I started saving up money and saving up money and just like did more and more research about it, read travel mm -hmm. blogs, talked to people mm -hmm. that have been in country and just like whatever I could do. And just like, I think over time people found out that I was really serious about it yeah. and that I was absolutely going. And, um... At first, my mom was very worried. She's like, oh, it's so long, you know, you're, you're going to be gone. How am I going to contact you? But if you, you see it like that, a year is nothing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it really is just a blink of an eye. Like, yeah. this past month has gone by so quickly. Yeah, yeah. And just like... Only 11 more to go. 
at the very least, I'm never going back to America. <laughs> I'm only bound by money at this point. I'll figure out a way to make some money. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you get the visa for Australia, right? You oh, said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You make some big money down there. Oh, I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. But, um,. Yeah, for the most part, people have been, like, my close friends and family have been so supportive about it and just, yeah? like, everybody's agreed nice. that, like, this is the best thing that I could do for myself. Like, I needed Perfect. to get out of my routine and, like... Because I, I, can, I can tell from what you were telling me, you created really unhealthy habits with just smoking weed and chilling out and watching Netflix, you know? Oh, absolutely. I fell into a very deep depression and I found yeah. myself in a rut mm. and just, like, the joy of smoking weed was taken out of the Control. physical act of smoking mm. weed it was just a part of a deeply rooted part of my routine yeah and just like it's not like an addiction by any means mm -hmm. but like it, i was a habitual smoker yeah. you know just like i would wake up and just be like oh i'm so tired like just so run down so mm -hmm. depressed i don't want to do anything today mm -hmm. so while i'm figuring out something to do mm -hmm. i'm just going to spark up a dab and i'm going to get high yeah and then i would get high and I'd be like oh well this is what i'm going to do today mm -hmm. and i just hang out and like play video games or yeah. just like yeah. watch netflix and just like just be super depressed maybe uh -huh. play some music wow and just like yeah it's not any way to live yeah and uh you kind of forget what you can actually do like yeah. what we did today we went for sunrise tour had a nap yeah went for some nice curry mm -hmm. and then we came here to the beach yeah <laughs> yeah and just like i i could not keep living that way and i knew like deep inside me that i had to make a change yeah you know and now that i have i have never been happier wow. i'm so glad that i left i don't so you would recommend it, it to all everybody yeah even if you travel for a week a yeah. month a year yeah. a lifetime yeah. get out on the road get out of your yeah. comfort zone yeah. and experience everything that this life has to offer man because there's nice. so much beauty to be found in everything that you do yeah and just let go of expectations or your fears or anxieties for like whatever anything yeah. that it could be about just like get out there meet new people and just like experience just the simple pleasures in life man yeah. like we're just surrounded by trees and cliffs yeah. right next to the ocean yeah and like it is the perfect day yeah you know? it is like it, it is yeah. i can't think of anything that could make today better yeah you know it's <laughs> that's just like, so true it's just simple pleasures yeah. in life and it's not about material wealth no or the clothes that you wear the car that yeah. you drive yeah. or any other sort of status symbol it's mm -hmm. just like getting out there and connecting with people and just living simply and just enjoying nature you know beautiful beautiful set oh my goodness that was quote of the day <laughs> amazing yeah well thank you so much for being on the podcast it's been so much fun talking to you and getting to know you in the last couple of days i really feel like i know i've known you forever now yeah now that i know all your stories and what you want to do and yeah all my dirty secrets oh yes <laughs> I know what you did in the strip club. Uh-huh. <laughs> ah, going back to the strip club quickly. I wanted to talk to um to you about your relationship with uh, that stripper you had. If that's oh. all right, if you want to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Um it was not a healthy relationship. How did at you all. meet? How how did that whole thing get started? So, she's been at the club for um just over a year now. Yeah. And uh, when she first started, she was 19. And, uh, wow, 19. 19. That's yeah, so young. It is so young. And uh, we were just, we hit it off. We, we clicked and we became good uh -huh. friends. And uh -huh. uh, she worked she uh, worked for a while. And I 
had a one rule at the club is yeah. do not fraternize with the dancers because yeah. they tip us out. That's how I make my money. Yeah. I'm there to make my money. Like, I'm not trying to make any drama at work. Oh, so you got tips as well at work? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, my primary source of income is tips, like bottle yeah. service tips, tips from the dancers, mm -hmm. VIP tips. Mm -hmm. We have a tip jar. Mm -hmm. So it was excellent. Quite nice. <laughs> it, it was. And, uh, I mean, it funded my life in Boulder, which is an expensive fucking town. Yeah. And also a year in Southeast Asia, so, like, it wasn't oh, all bad. Oh, yeah. But, um... Damn, guys, now you know what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get on the pole, people. It's, it's a not a happy road that leads one to being a stripper. Yeah. And just, you know, it wasn't a healthy relationship. We, mm -hmm. um... After a while, it was, like, probably six or... Probably around six months of just being friends. Like, mm -hmm. we ended up hanging out, and, um... Yeah, then we started hooking up, and she's polyamorous, so she had a long-term boyfriend, and then it's just in polyamory, you can have multiple partners, and I was just like, eh, you know, I like her, if it's cool with, like, if they're, everything is cool with them, like... Really? Uh, so yeah. she was still in a relationship? Yeah. And she and was starting something with you? Right, and, like, at first it was supposed to just be, like, casual fun, like a fling, but, mm -hmm. like, we kind of got under each other's skin and, like, it progressed more and then we caught feelings for each other and then uh -huh. we started dating and, like, she still had her boyfriend and, you know, I, I oh, gave it a shot. Was it was weird, right? It was fucking weird, man. And, like, reflecting on it, I won't do it again. Yeah. But I was like, you know, like, life is so short and it's too short yeah. to live inside of a little box. And, like, mm -hmm. if you don't try new things that test you, and like get you out of your comfort level you're never going to grow yeah and i was just like you know i i'll try it yeah and i wouldn't do it again yeah i don't think it wasn't a happy relationship by any means yeah like i think it lasted as long as it did because the sex was just incredible <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> but that's a, that's just yeah. the kind of arrangement that it was like yeah. on a deep level and uh you know just like everybody she has her own issues i have my own yeah. issues and just like it just wasn't a super healthy relationship and then it was very weird to be in a relationship with somebody that is getting naked for strangers yeah, for money yeah and then and you see her all the time at work i saw her all the all time the at time work. you and see then her just like, did you get jealous for a while no yeah and then our relationship kind of started to turn south because we knew from the beginning that I was leaving and we had an expiration date uh -huh. and that's never a good thing to go into a yeah, relationship with. Yeah, that's so true. I, I, I recently had that as well. And yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a mess. Yeah, and then just like, as things got worse, I did find myself getting kind of jealous, uh -huh. but then I would, um, I would purposely not put myself in positions where like, I'm gonna get jealous or like I would never like treat customers differently yeah. because yeah. they were no, interacting you, you with her. No, you have to be professional. Yeah. You had absolutely. Work, you know? And like, if I felt like I wasn't going to be able to handle the situation, well, I'd just pass it off to my other coworker. Like, hey man, like this guy's doing this. Like, mm. can you go talk to him for me? I gotta go do something else and just yeah. like, you know, just be professional. And because at work, nobody knew that you were related. No, no. no. Um, we were both very. Uh, adamant about that from the get-go yeah. we just didn't want to cause any waves at work and just like we wanted to keep it to our uh, we wanted it to stay our business yeah and just like yeah you know it's it's funny to look back on it 
and see that I wasn't at all happy. And I think we were just bound together by our own unhappiness in and our lives. And that made you kind of like a little bit more happy and you thought you exactly. saw something in her that gave you a feeling of happiness. And right. That's and then, why it felt good. Yeah. And then she was just always over my apartment and we were just always smoking weed. Oh. So it was just like, we were kind of both oh. enabling each other. Okay. And like, yeah, it's... It was a learning experience for yeah, sure. Yeah. And I learned a lot about myself yeah. and maybe even a lot about life and love and romance and yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. And just like, it's a part of my journey yeah. and I don't regret it, Yeah. but nice. I don't look back on it with yeah. fondness. Never look back. I, no. I, I don't like to look back. I like to look back at the good memories, yeah. but the bad memories shaped me. But mm -hmm. looking back, is just gonna make it worse, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's just, there's nothing you can do to change about exactly. the past and just like, yeah. I don't know just if I would on. change my past because every choice that I've made has led me to be the person that I am right now. Mm. And ever since I've been out here and traveling and meeting new people and hanging out with just awesome people, I like who I am, yeah. you know, and that's not something I I've like always had. <laughs> I appreciate it. I like you too. <laughs> Thank you. And just like, you know, it's, it's a part of my journey, man. Nice. And I wouldn't trade it for anything, Nice. you know? Awesome. Yeah, we've all got a story. We've all got things yeah. that we regret or look back on and just like, oh, why did I do that? But yeah. learn from it, do better next time. Exactly. That's the best that we can do. Yeah, you it, know? it truly is. Yeah. Nicely said. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was so nice having you on the show and getting to know your story. Oh, it's truly been my pleasure. Thank you. I, I hope you have some well travels and I hope maybe that thing works out with that girl. <laughs> We'll see. But we'll see we'll and see. just take the journey and mm -hmm. enjoy it and um, we will keep in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, yeah, let me know if you're in Australia. I, I give you some tips to go around Sydney and everything. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, yeah, I wish you all the best and it was so nice meeting you. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed hanging out with you the last few days as well and it won't be goodbye. It'll just be no. we'll see you later. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. All right. Well, All right. Guys, perfect. thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you for coming so far. Uh, this was the second episode of the No Time for Bullshit podcast. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. It's real talk about some real deep shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and travel adventures, of course. And yeah, we will keep continuing doing that. Hell yeah. <laughs> See right. you next time. Keep it easy. Keep it breezy, baby. <laughs> Bye.